I want you to look at Psalm 115, our text again. This has been kind of our uh, major text for our teachings, Psalm 115. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, you might slide over and look on with your neighbor that has one. Psalm 115. How many believe that God's Word is God talking to us today? So, I mean, we can take this personally, can't we? Right out of the Word of God, just let God talk to you through this verse. Psalm 115, verse 12. It says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Is the Lord interested in blessing everybody? Yes, he is. He, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You're blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. That's a nice gift, isn't it? Praise God. He's given the earth and all that's in it to us. He intended for us to be well provided for. He intended for us to be blessed. I want you to confess this 14th verse with me at least two or three times. Think about it as you say it. And instead of saying you, we'll say us. The Lord shall increase us more and more, us and our children. Let's say that out loud together now. The Lord shall increase us more and more, us and our children. Say it again. Think about it. The Lord shall increase us more and more, us and our children. So what's going to happen with us? The Lord's going to increase us. Increase us. Increase us. Glory to God. God's the God of increase. He doesn't want us to decrease. And he doesn't want us to just stay where we are. He wants us to increase. And that means in every area. How many remember 3 John 2? He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He's talking about increase in every dimension, isn't he? He's talking about solical prosperity or solical increase in that you're growing in God, your fellowship with God's increasing and developing. And then he talked about being in health. Well, God wants us to be strong. He wants to just increase in strength and increase in health and well-being physically. But then he talked about prospering, and he's talking about financially and materially. That's prospering spiritually. That's prospering physically. That's prospering financially and materially. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to increase in every dimension. But as we said earlier, that it's obvious in the Word of God that the Lord has established laws that govern his increase, like he's done most everything else, you see. And if we will involve ourselves with these laws, then we'll begin to increase. If we're operating contradictory to these laws, then we'll not increase. 
And really, it's more up to us how blessed and prosperous we are than it is God. He's established the law. He's taught us the principles. He's even given a seed to sow and gotten us off to a start. But it's, up, it's really more up to us than it is him how prosperous and how blessed we are and how much that we increase. So we've been teaching since uh, last night, uh, this will be our third session along this line, about the laws of increase. And so I, I have several other things I want to talk to you tonight, if, if time would permit. How many are in a rush, in a hurry tonight? Hmm? Okay, want to want to make sure. <laughs> want to make sure. You're not in a hurry, right? Not in a rush. Uh, these things could, could really have an effect on your life. How many of the Holy Ghost can say, uh, he can say one phrase to you, change your life? Is that right? I mean, the, the Lord can, can just say one, one paragraph to you, totally change your thinking. Is that right? And totally change your life. So uh, I know one time I was in a prayer meeting, and it had gone a little late. And don't misunderstand me now. I mean, uh, when, when, when God's through doing what he wanted to do for the night, you ought to go home. I'm talking about in the major service. Don't just keep doing something to be doing something. You know, I've seen people many a time that just kept going after they were through. And uh, I'm afraid I've done that before myself. But uh, you how many know what I'm talking about? We, we need to learn, and you know, when the Lord's done what he wants to do in this area, well, you know, that's it. Don't just try to keep dragging it on. But if God's still doing something and still saying something, we ought to just relax and not get in a rush. I know, uh, uh, like I said, I was at, several years ago, I was at a certain prayer meeting. The Lord taught me about something. Uh, the prayer meeting had gone a little bit long, but, but we were having, you know, God was moving. Some things were happening. It wasn't just going long to be going long. And I was getting a little fidgety. Have you ever noticed that uh, children are fidgety? Ever notice that? It's hard for little children to sit still. You know, they sit still for a little while, and next thing you know, they're moving around like this. And they're shuffling around. They want to get off the seat. and They want to do this, and they want to look in your purse, and they want you to hand them something, and they want to draw. And they, they just, you know, it's hard for them to be still. Their uh, attention span is not very long. But now by the time a person, you know, gets to be 20 years old, 30 years old, we expect them to act a little different. Is that right? But you know the same thing's true spiritually. Even though somebody may be 30, 40, 50 years old on the, and physically, they, but they may be a child spiritually. And so their attention span's not very long. And so, you know, things go a little bit longer than they're what they expected. They begin to fidget and slide around and what have you. That's just where people are. But I found that as you grow and develop spiritually, your attention span lengthens. Your abilities of concentration increase. You know what I'm saying? And you can focus on something, and you can stay on it for a longer period of time. The more mature you become, the more you develop. Well, the prayer meeting had gone a little bit long. I was a little bit fidgety. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice now, but I knew distinctly inside me what he was saying to me. He said, son, what's your rush? He said, what are you in a hurry to get to? You're either in a hurry to run home and eat something. Or maybe you're in a hurry to run home and go turn the TV on. Or maybe you're in a hurry to run home and, you know, do something else, uh, same kind of thing. 
any of which is, is actually pretty carnal. What's your rush? And I thought, well, <laughs> what is my rush? Just relax, you know. You understand what I'm saying? So many times people are fidgety, but what are they running off to? What are they in such a big hurry to get to? Say amen, oh me, I don't know, something. Now, I'm not planning on keeping you to midnight. That's not what I'm trying to set you up for. That's probably what you're worried about right there. You may not, I don't know where I want to amen that or not. I don't know exactly how long he's talking about. No, I'm not planning on keeping you a long time. But I'm just, what I'm saying is uh, uh, if your attitude and your mentality makes a lot of difference, uh, if, you can, uh, if you can get real relaxed and, and real comfortable and real focused and not rushing, not clock watching, not wanting to get to this or that, a lot of times God can do a lot, even in a short period of time. But uh, you, you are prepared to, to be there forever how long. I've noticed that in prayer. I've noticed that in Bible reading and those kind of things. Uh, if, you, if you just rush in and rush out and all the time while you're trying to read, you're thinking about you're going to do something else, then it's hard for God to bless you much. You ever notice that? Or if you're going to pray and all the time while you're trying to pray, you've got something on your mind, you're going to hurry up and get through with this. That's not the way you deal with God. That's not the way you deal with Him. Yeah, he, wants, he wants all. He wants all of your concentration. He wants all of your focus. If you're, going to, if you're going to do this with him, then he wants, how many remember what he said? I wish you'd just be cold or hot, but don't be lukewarm. Don't play with it. Is that right? If you're going to do it, do it. Now, if you hadn't learned that about him, that's the way he is. You know, if you're going to pray, pray. Quit watching your clock. Quit listening to this and looking at this. If you're going to pray, pray. If you're going to read your Bible, read your Bible. Don't toy with it. And uh, my wife will tell you this. Now, when I read my Bible, don't mess with me. It's a major thing. All right? I, f I focus 100%. I give it my all. It's me and the Bible and the Holy Ghost. And I don't want to be interrupted unless the house is on fire. You understand what I'm saying? Or some major thing like that. And when I'm praying, if, I, if I'm really spending time with God, that's the way I am. You don't. You know, I never figured out quite, you know, it's, it's like people uh, that God's not real to people. I mean, if you're having an intimate conversation with another person, people that just break in and bust in on that. They, they should know that's rude. Right. Well, God's a person. Is that right? And a very important person. And I don't know how come you to get into all that. But let's let's give it our all. You understand what I'm saying? Let's really focus. Let's let's really give it our all. The first law of increase that we dealt with last night and also uh, this morning was uh, the law of putting God first. If you put God first, then uh, he will bless you. If you will honor him, he will honor you. If you'll see that his things are taken care of, he'll see that your things are taken care of. We talked about tithing. We talked about first fruits. We talked about doing things properly. Putting God first. Giving cannot just be a side thing with you. It's got to be priority with you. You can't think, well, I got my house payment or my, my rent. I got my car. I got my insurance. And then also we need to give. It can't be like that. Giving's got to be on the top of your financial priorities. We give to the work of God. We sow to these things. We take care of God's things. Then we think about our things. 
Now, many, many people have never come to that place. But, uh, but if you want to or in, get in line with God's principles, you've got to do that. And it's not that you've got to do, you got, not that you've got to break some record of giving and not that you're required of giving some huge amount. Uh, we're going to see some things as we go on perhaps tonight. God doesn't look so much at amount. God looks at percentage. And God looks at the heart of the giver. We've already talked about he looks at faith. Are you with me now? God doesn't look so much at the amount. God's not just impressed with a large amount. If you don't give in faith, then he's not pleased with it. And uh, large or small is relative, depending on what you've got. Is that right? To somebody that only has $15, a $5 gift is a large gift. It's a third of what they got. Is that right? To somebody that's got, uh, you know, 50000 in the bank, $5 is not much. Very, very small percentage of what they had. How many remember the uh, uh, widow woman that threw in the two mites that Jesus was watching the offering? Remember that? If you go back and read that, the Bible said he was watching what they put in the offering. wonder if the Lord still watches what goes in the offering. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that right? If he used to watch offerings, he still watches offerings. And that's a revelation for a lot of people right there, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus watches the offering. In some people's estimate, the offering is not a spiritual time of the service. It's just one of those things you got to do because you got bills, you know, and, and you got to pass the plate and you got to take up the offering. And people, some people would rather you didn't say anything about money, just you know, just pass the plate, and we got to do it. And, but see, they, they they don't have revelation. It's not life to them. And like we were saying, like Pastor was saying, you know, when you get truth, it, it, the, the truth sets you free. And you get excited about these things. And when he saw her put in what she had, if you added those two little copper coins, it'd probably be less than a penny today. Copper penny, a cent. Just, I mean, these were little small copper coins, not like, not like a penny, not as big as a penny. So this is just such a... Such a minuscule amount, just such a small amount. But Jesus spoke up, and he told his disciples, he said, she has given more than all the rest of these people. And there were some wealthy individuals that were coming through there, putting large amounts in the offering. Jesus said she put more in than all they did. Well, now, she didn't put more in amount-wise, but she did put more in percentage-wise, because he said she gave all she had, 100%. You can't give more than 100%, right? <laughs> so God looks at what? The percentage. God didn't just look at what you gave. He looks at what you got left. Is that right? I mean, if, if he's looking at percentage, I mean, no, he knows everything about your business. He, he knows, I mean, he, he, he keeps up with your stuff better than you do. <laughs> and we'll talk about that a little later on, too. Uh, I'm going to get to now, though, the second law of increase. And this, and this is the second law. And I'm not trying to make this an exhaustive study, but I, I've studied, meditated upon these things, and I believe the things I'm sharing with you are some of the most important things we could talk about because our time is so short and, and what have you. I'm trying to give you the most important things I know of. And this second law is the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. 
And that is just simply this. If you sow, you'll reap. If you give, it'll be given to you. That's a law. Can you say amen? That's, that's not just something that works once in a while. That's a law. If you sow, you'll reap. If you give, it'll be given to you. You'll get. Listen to these scriptures. You're familiar with them, but let's, let's, uh, let's think about them. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. This is the NIV. He says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. The Living Bible on that same verse says it like this. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He says, but remember this. If you give little, you will get little. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. Praise God. You believe that? How many believe that? I want to see a show of hands. How many believe that if you sow a little bit, you just get a little bit? But if you sow a big lot, you'll get a big lot. Right? You believe that? You know, even though we've heard that, the, the principle of sowing and reaping is not very real to many, many people. If it was, they'd be living differently. They'd be doing differently. Brother Copeland said one time, he said that the Lord spoke to him and told him that if he really believed in the law of sowing and reaping, he'd be busy trying to liquidate most everything he had so he could give it. Man, you'd be looking for places to give. You'd be believing God for places to give. Did you hear me? Most anybody that knows anything about natural side of uh, prosperity knows that the, you know, the mainstay of the way to get ahead is you've got to invest. Is that right? I mean, if you want to get ahead, just a basic principle is invest. If you invest in the right thing, then you, you'll increase what you've sown into it. Right? So many times if somebody talks about that such and such person is independently wealthy, how'd they get that way? Through investments, they say. They invested in uh, real estate. They invested in uh, retail. They invested in this. They bought this stock. They bought that uh, this stock in this company and that company. They invested. But friend, I want you to know this, though, that the best investment one could possibly make is into the things of God. The best investment. I'm, I'm not knocking making investments in natural things. You need, just need to be led in what you do. But you will never get a better return on your investment from any natural thing than you will from investing in the things of God and in the work of God and in the people of God. Never. You'll get a better return. You'll get a better uh Return from your investment from the things of God than anything else. There is nothing better you could put your money into and invest your money into than in the things of God and the people of God. But now, so many times people have not thought of it as an investment. But everything you give 
whether it's to a church, whether it's to a ministry, whether it's to ministers, whether it's to a brother or sister in the Lord, uh, whether it's, it's to a, a person that's not even saved. Everything you give, you should think of as a seed sown. And you should expect a return on it. You should think of it as an investment. Not something that you're just throwing away. Not something that you're just saying, buy it till you'll never see it again. You're sowing it. Now, I'm not saying that's the only reason you're doing it. We're going to talk about that later. But everything you give, you should look at as an investment. Investment. Turn with me to Luke, the sixth chapter, if you would. Luke chapter 6, very familiar portion, but let's look at it carefully. Luke 6, 38. Let's back up to verse uh, 36 and, and get a little bit larger context here. And you can see that he's talking about uh, a very broad application of this principle. Luke 6, 36, he said, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Now, he's talking about sowing and reaping, isn't he? If you sow mercy, what will you reap? If you sow judgment, what will you reap? If you sow forgiveness, you'll reap forgiveness. If you sow beans, you'll reap beans. If you sow watermelon, you'll reap watermelon. Do you reap beans when you sow watermelon? No, you just reap beans when you sow beans. It's a law. God has established it naturally. And what many have not realized is it is not just a natural law. It is a spiritual law. And it affects every realm and every dimension. I mean, it's the grandpa of principles. If you understand how I mean by that? In the scheme of the working of God's grace. Remember, the Lord taught what we call the parable of the sower. And he taught about how the sower sowed the seed, and sowed the word, and four different types of ground, and the results that it produced. And the disciples mentioned, they said, Lord, you know, Explain this to us. And he said, what, you don't understand this? He said, if you don't understand this, how do you understand any of these things? You understand, this is the granddaddy of principles. The law of sowing and reaping. And I think sometimes we, we don't realize that it is all-inclusive. And something the Lord said to me sometime back that, that really is kind of challenging, but I believe it to be true. If you are experiencing lack, in any area of life, the first place you should check is on your sowing in that area. Have I been sowing adequately in that area? Now, when I say that, I am not just talking about money. Nor am I just talking about things. For instance, I, when you, if you get a hold of this, now, I mean, it will really enlighten you and help you. If somebody comes to talk to me and say, Brother Keith, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to talk to somebody. I just don't have any friends. You know the first thing I want to know? Who are you a friend to? 
Well, Brother Keith, I just can't get anybody to help me. All right, what's the first thing to check? On your sowing in that area, who have you been a help to? Hmm? Well, Brother Keith, everybody just seems to be so hard with me. Seem like people, nobody cut me any slack. How have you been treating other people? Do you cut them any slack? It seems like people are always talking about me behind my back. <laughs> Have you been talking about people behind their back? Seems like they just won't give me a second chance. Well, did you refuse to give others a second chance? If you sow hardness, what will you reap? Hardness. You may not reap it tomorrow, may not reap it next week. But you keep sowing it, you're going to reap it. Did you hear me? If you sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. See, friend, you, you, you'll have opportunities to judge and to be hard and to be harsh. You'll have opportunities to be unforgiving. But, friend, recognize these also as opportunities to sow mercy that you want to reap down the road when you need it, when you want it. The wise person will. You know something the Lord spoke to me some time back also that enlightened me and helped me? Is that so many times what people call offering their opinion is nothing in the world but judging. He calls it judging. Now, think about that. Don't let that get away from you. What people call offering their opinion. Well, well I think this. Well, who asked you? You understand what I'm saying? Well, I, I don't think they ought to be doing that. I think they ought to be doing this. Yeah, but you're not their Lord. They're not going to stand before you on the judgment, judgment seat of Christ. God's not going to talk to you about what everybody's supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. You don't know people's hearts. And when you see somebody mess up and go, well, I dear Lord, I can't imagine somebody doing it. I would never do anything like that. You just judged them. And what will happen? What the Bible says, if you sow judgment, what's going to happen? You're going to get judged. Now, if you're wise, what will you do? You'll say, well, I don't know their situation. You know, uh, we'll just pray for them. Leave God to bless them and help them. Why? Because if you ever find yourself in that situation, what are you going to want? Well, let's sow some now yeah. so we can reap some later <laughs> if we need it. Yeah. Are you with me now? Anytime you're in a situation where somebody is, so to speak, at your mercy, or you're in a position to say or do something for them, positive or negative, just remember, here's an opportunity to sow. Make sure you sow the right thing. Make sure you sow what you want to reap. And so before he got to giving and talking about giving things, he mentioned all these other things, didn't he? Don't sow judgment. Don't sow harshness and hardness. I don't sow condemnation, sow mercy, sow unforgiveness, sow love. I mean, if you're always popping off at people, losing your temper with people, being harsh and talking about people and airing people's faults, you're sowing bad seed. I'm telling you, you don't want to reap that. You better quit. And a lot of people have been reaping some things, and they want to blame the devil, and they want to blame everybody else, but to tell the truth, they're the ones that's been sowing the bad seed, and until they stop it, it's going to keep coming their way. So love, so mercy, so.
so kindness, so gentleness, so goodness. Right? These are the most important things. But now we're talking about material things. How many want money coming your way? Do you? If you don't, something's wrong with you. How many want nice things coming your way? How many want deals coming your way? Favor. Is that right? You do. You do. So if that's what you want, then what should you be doing? Sowing. Is that right? Because if you want to reap, what do you got to do? Did you notice it's not reaping and sowing? What is it? Sowing and reaping. Does the farmer expect to have a harvest before he sows? No, he knows better. He knows better. Now, we believe in confession, don't we? Certainly we do. But I think sometimes people have had a wrong concept. They've thought that all there is to prosperity is just making some good confession. But what if a farmer, what if that's all he did? <laughs> you know? If you see him standing out, you know, sitting on his porch or something, and, you, and, and he says, uh, praise God, I confess I'm going to have a bumper crop of wheat this year. Bumper crop. That's what I'm confessing. In Jesus' name. And he said, well, uh, how many acres did you sow this year, brother? Well, I hadn't sowed anything. But I'm confessing. I'm going to have a, well, see, he's not in line with the principles. Is that right? Yeah, he's confessing, and that's right. But you confess over what you've sown over. What you've sown, I should say. Right? And a lot of people, all they're doing is making confessions. They're not sowing. But if you want to reap, you've got to sow. Uh, why don't you hold your place right here in Luke? Back up with me to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Hold your place in Luke. I'm, I'm not through with that verse. But go to Matthew 7. I want to share something with you that just has absolutely enlightened me and revolutionized our life. I was reading this verse one day, and it's just almost like it leapt off the page to me. I don't mean I actually saw the print enlarged or anything. I just mean it just was, it was emphasized to me, and I saw something I hadn't seen before. Matthew 7, verse 12. Matthew 7. Verse 12, Jesus said, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. He said this sums it up. We call this the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's a little bit different language. All things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. When the Lord showed me this and, and taught me this, I was amazed at how ignorant I had been. I really was. I thought, I almost kicked myself and thought, boy, you've been dense about this. But when you get a hold of it and you begin to operate in it, things begin to come your way. What did he say? Whatever you would that men should do to you, what should you do? What should you do? Confess that it would happen to you. Huh? Well, it's all right to confess that it happened to you, but that's not what he said. What did he say here? Do it for them. Is that right? And yet, I, I, 
you'll you run across people all the time. They're, they're confessing that somebody would give them $1,000. Well, if you would like for somebody to give you $1,000, according to this, what should you do? You should give someone. Is that right? Do you see what I'm saying? This is what the Word teaches, sowing. And people are trying to reap in areas that they've never sown in. They'd like for somebody to give them a car. Well, how many cars have you given away? What have you sown? Did you hear me? They'd like for somebody to buy them some new clothes. Well, who have you bought new clothes for? Are you with me? They'd like for somebody to buy them some jewelry. Well, who have you given jewelry to? They'd like for somebody to pay off a debt for them. Well, who, whose debts have you paid off? Can you see what I'm saying? People have missed it grossly in this area. They've confessed, 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 but they haven't sown at all in certain areas. If you want to reap in an area, you need to sow in that area. If you want to reap more, you need to sow more. And you need to sow in the way, in the manner in which you would like to reap. Now, I'm going to say those three statements again. I want you to think about them. You need to sow in every area that you want to reap in. Every area. If you sow beans, what do you get? Beans. If you sow corn, you get corn. If you sow beans, corn does not come in. Right? What do you think about somebody saying, well, I want corn, but they just keep sowing beans? Huh? <laughs> you think, well, I got plenty of beans, but I need some corn. So I'm going to plant another acre of beans. No, if you want corn, you must start sowing corn. Right? If you sow money, what do you reap? Money. If you sow clothes, what do you reap? clothes. If you sow jewelry, what do you reap? Jewelry. If you sow cars, what do you reap? Cars. If you give somebody a deal, you'll reap a deal. If you give somebody favor, you will reap favor. If you're a friend, you'll have friends. If you give help, help will come to you. Are you with me? Sow in every area in which you want to reap. If you're hurting in an area, experiencing lack in an area, the first thing to check, how have I been sowing in that area? Now, if you feel like you have been sowing in that area sufficiently, but you haven't been reaping much, I'm going to answer some of your questions about that later. There's some reasons and some things there. But right now, we've got to make sure we cover this. All right? So, sow in every area that you want to reap. Also, if you want to reap more in that area, what do you need to do? Sow more in that area. And I said also, sow in the manner in which you want to reap. I know something that the Lord spoke to us sometime back is that if we wanted people to respond promptly when God dealt with them to give to us, then what should we do? Respond promptly when God deals with us. Is that right? 
Now, I won't ask for any show of hands or any testimony. But, you know, I, again, you don't lift your hand. But I'm asking you a question. Think about personally. Has God ever dealt with you to do something and you just didn't do it for days? And so if that's the way you want to reap, then that's the way and the manner in which you should sow. Remember what the writer of Proverbs said? He said, uh, don't withhold good from those to whom it's due when it's in the power of your hand to do it. Don't say, go and come again tomorrow and I'll do it for you when you've got it right there with you. No. When you know it's right, when you got it, do it. Don't wait. Do it now. And you sow in that way and it'll come back to you in that way. Now let me reiterate some of these things a little bit. How many of you would like for somebody to come up to you and just give you $100 and say, here, you know, take this, do whatever you want to do with it. I was going to give it to her. You reach for it. <laughs> he, he knows how to receive, though. Uh, and I said, here, you know, what, whatever you want to do with that, just, just, you know, do that. How many would like for that to happen? Would you? Now, not everybody lifted their hand. So, <laughs> some, now, now, listen, let me, let me address this. Sometimes people might say, well, now, Brother Keith, now, you know, I like to give. I, I enjoy giving. But I, I have a hard time receiving. Then you got bigger problems than you thought. Why do you have a hard time receiving? Why? You see, you need to analyze that. And so many times it's nothing else except ugly, stinking pride. God abhors it. It's an abomination to him. And if you're going to be blessed, you've got to learn how to receive. There have been occasions where I tried to give to some uh, somebody and they wouldn't receive from me. There's been occasions where I tried to give somebody something and they wouldn't take it. They said, no, no, I can't take that. I just can't take that. I can't, I can't pay you that back. And I said, well, I'm not loaning it to you. I'm giving it to you. Well, I just, uh, I just can't. Sure you can't. Just reach out your hand and take it. Yeah, but I, I, just, I, just, I just can't. I don't want to feel like I'm beholden to you. I don't want to feel like I, I owe you. You won't owe me. I'm not loaning it. I'm giving it to you. Just, just take it. And they didn't know it, but they aggravated me. <laughs> they made me mad. They never knew it. They never knew it. I just smiled and I said, well, okay. And I just went, went away. But they made me mad. They didn't realize. I know they didn't. But see, they were saying several things by refusing my gift. Did you know in some primitive societies, to refuse a gift is tantamount to a declaration of war? You know that? It's like spitting in a man's face. That's right. It's just like spitting in his face and saying, you are not good enough for me. Your gift is not good enough for me. I don't want fellowship with you. I don't want anything from you. It's a terrible insult. And I think sometimes we Westerners need to get a little more Eastern concept because the Bible's an Eastern book, you see. And uh, what people are saying sometimes if they say that, they, they're saying, I don't believe you heard from God. I believe you're missing it. And I don't want to give you this opportunity to sow into me and reap back from it. See, these are serious things when you really stop and think about it. Now, sure, somebody could miss it in trying to give something. You have to analyze situations. But before you just refuse somebody's gift, you better check your heart 
You better check things out. But uh, back to this, how many of you would like for somebody to just hand you a $100 bill and say, here, be blessed? Would you like that? So according to this verse, Matthew 7, 12, what should you do? Huh? What should you do? You should look around and ask the Lord to show you where to sow. I think so many times people don't realize that giving is much more than just putting money in the offering plate. Yes, we give and support God's work, but giving is to be a way of life. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I was telling a pastor the other night that this revelation concerning giving has changed my life and changed our lives as much in the last few years as the revelation concerning God's will for me to be healed has. And I've been up to my eyes in healing. I worked in healing school for over a decade on a daily basis. So you know it's had an impact on my life. But this has had that much impact on my life. Why? Because the Lord has helped me to see. It is not just a matter of doing a good thing, not just a matter of obeying the word, but that it is one of the chief expressions of the God kind of love to give. The nature of one's flesh is selfishness. You understand? And the flesh wants to see how much it can get. Gimme, 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 gimme. But the, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. And the nature of love is to give. Love gives. God so loved the world that he gave. Is that right? Love gives. So if love is dominating you and governing you, what do you want to do? What do you enjoy doing? What do you look forward to doing? Give. In fact, if you get a hold of this and you realize the truth of this, you will be aware that if you happen to go a whole day and don't give anything to anybody, it was an unprofitable, fruitless day. Did you hear me? Now, not just talk, I didn't just say give money. I said if you don't give something to somebody, give them friendship, give them, share a, a, a light and word with them, share some joy with them, put something into them, give them something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give them something. Love gives. And the greatest witness to the world is that we love one another. That means we will be giving to one another all of the time. And also, our love should, shed, should flow out to non-Christians. We should give to non-Christians. Give our time, give our love, give our concern and our things. I know some time back, it's been a few years ago, our neighbors were going on a vacation. And uh, the man, I didn't even know if he saved or not. The woman was Catholic. And I don't know about her condition. I don't know. I know the man, you know, he didn't act very religious at all. But they happened to come over. We were talking to them in our yard. They just lived, you know, just next door. And they're about to go, where are they going? Disneyland. And they had uh, three kids. While they were talking, I, Phyllis and I felt four, okay. Phyllis and I felt impressed. I forgot one. 
felt impressed to give them some money. Now, we're not sowing into a ministry here. All right? These people may not even be saved. I mean, the man may not, may not I don't know about the others. But uh, we gave them $300. Pulled it out cash, put it in their hand. And the guy looked at me like, what, what's this for? I said, well, you're going on a vacation. You could use a little spending money, couldn't you? He said, he said man, you don't know. He said, uh, we've been planning this vacation for some months. He said, but some things worked out here the last couple of weeks, and I didn't have any cash. We got our tickets, but we're so strapped we didn't have anything. He said, man, we desperately needed some, some money, some cash. That blessed them. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you, you do like that with people, and they'll be more interested in hearing what you've got to say about Jesus a lot of times. Somebody said, you know, people don't, a lot of times they don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. But when you start getting in your pocket and helping them, they know you care. I mean, that's, I mean, that's real clear, isn't it? When you part with cash, <laughs> people know you're serious. A lot of times you just talk and talk, they don't know. But when you start getting in your pocket, people know. Um. So if you would like for somebody to give you some money, what should you do? Give money to somebody. If you would like for somebody to come up and, and, and say, you know, brother, I don't know. I uh, hope you're not, don't think I'm prying. But uh, how much do you owe on your car? You might say, well, I, I owe uh, $9,000. You say, well, the Lord dealt with me to, uh, to pay that off for you. And just write your check and hand it to you. How many would like that? Would, that? would that bless you? According to this verse, what should you do? Are you believing to pay somebody's call? See? So many times people, they're not even thinking like that. They're just thinking, my, 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 my car, my car, my car. <laughs> but can you see that selfish? And if you want to reap in that area, you've got to sow in that area. Now, you might think, well, I can't pay somebody's $9,000 car off. Yeah, but you start where you are. You might pay a uh, payment to own their car for three months. Is that right? So how much is your car payment? Well, it's $430, it's $500, $300. Well, the Lord dealt with me. I'm going to make that payment for you for the next six months. I'm going, to, I'm going to make your car payment the whole rest of the year or whatever. Why? See, you're sowing seed. I said you're sowing seed toward your car being paid off. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not just talking, just, just talking to be talking with you. I'm talking things we live by. Just two weeks ago, I did that. I had a certain, I, I owed something on a car. And I want that car paid off. And I owed, uh, you know, several thousand on this one. And I felt impressed, though, to ask somebody else what they owed on theirs. Well, they owed considerably less on theirs than what I owed on mine. I didn't know that, but the Lord dealt with me. And so the Lord prompted me, will you pay theirs off? Well, I didn't have it right there handy, but I'm sending them money every month. I'm going to pay their car off. 
Amen. And my car's going to be paid off very, very soon. <laughs> but do you understand how the people don't think like that? They just think of my stuff, my stuff, my stuff. That's not the way it works. I know Phyllis years ago started operating in this where clothes were concerned. I mean years ago, years ago. She came in one day, she said, you know, I need clothes. And I'm going to sew me some clothes. I said, well, help yourself. So, I mean, she cleaned her closet out. She must have given away two-thirds, three-fourths of what she had. It's gone. Somebody came up to me and said, oh, Brother Keith, you're in trouble, man. You know, you're going to have to buy her some clothes. I mean, look at you get. I said, hey, I'm not her source. I'm serious. I'm not her source. God can dress her a lot better than I can. Get a revelation here now. Who is our source? See, so many times people have, you know, they have this I'm the provider mentality. That's wrong. Sure, do everything you know to do, especially if you know if you're the man in your house or whatever, do everything you know to do. But uh, don't, don't, don't claim to be the provider. I know I was teaching on some of these things in school several months ago. And uh, I, I began to say to them, I said, when you, when you have children and they come to you and they want this and that, I said, if it's something that you wouldn't mind them having but you just can't afford to get it right then, I said, don't be telling them all the time we can't afford it. We just, oh, honey, I'm sorry, we just can't afford that. Honey, we just can't. I said, you'll build a poverty mentality in them. I said, quit that. People talk like that all the time. Well, what do you think? We're made out of money? You think money grows on trees, huh? Huh? Quit talking like that. If it's something that you wouldn't mind the child having, tell them. Say, I'll believe God with you. And teach them how to sow. Kids got stuff they can sow. They can sow toys. They can sow clothes. Is that right? I see people get kids need to get started early in this. If they if they get started, they won't know anything else. They just this will be normal to them. And so this one lady wrote me a letter about a about a month later. She said, "I'm so glad you taught on that." She said, "My little girl came up not long after that, and she said, Mama, I want this certain bike. I want this certain bike.' And she if she'd have had the money on her, she wouldn't have minded going out and that thing and getting it for her, but she just didn't have it. I think she was a single mom on a tight budget, you know, at the time." But she said, she said, I just acted on this. She said, honey, you know, God can get it for you. I'll agree with you. And we'll believe God. And so they took some of her allowance and they sowed it toward that bike. And uh, within just a few weeks, from an unexpected source, somebody sent the girl some money. Sent that little girl some money. And the same day they were having a big bike sale two blocks away. So she's got the bike. And she knows that Santa Claus didn't give it to her. Right. And the tooth fairy nor the Easter bunny. Amen. Jesus gave it to her. Amen. And you can't you couldn't shake that out of that kid. You know what I'm saying? See, so many times we, we cut ourselves so short. We live on such a low level because we limit ourselves to us and our job or this or that as being our source. And God's got contacts in ways that you've never thought of. 
And the money's around. Did you know that? Did you know there are people can write you a check and solve all your problems and never miss it? Never miss it. It just be small change to them. It's around. And if it didn't work like that, God could deal with 20 people. To do smaller amounts, they'd never miss it, but it adds up to, to meet the, the need. What I'm saying is, it's around. There's plenty of it. If you've ever done a, if you've ever done a study on it at all, man, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. So many times people think, oh, you know, we're running out of everything. We're running out of resources. We're running out of land. We're running out of this, you know. No, 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 no. You know the whole population of the world will fit in one town? Uh, I forget what the town they said was down in Florida somewhere. They said every, you can take every human being on the planet and put them in that one town. Just give them a couple of feet to stand in, you know. Oh, the resources are, are just everywhere. You know there's a lot more $100 bills than there are ones? Can you see the problem? Everybody's up to the ones. And there's less of them than there are the hundreds. There's a lot more hundreds around than there are ones. Everybody's scrambling over the ones. Five, ten. <laughs> so she, she gave those clothes away. And this was years ago she started this. And you know, it wasn't just, what, a few weeks or something went by until this lady came in where she worked. She was working in the doctor's office at the time. And this lady came in. She said, I don't want to insult you or anything, you know, but uh, I got some clothes. And I just wondered if you could wear them. She said, well, you know, bring them by. She brought them by, and they just fit her, just the right size. Brand new clothes, never been worn. Still had the tags on them, expensive clothes. What'd she give you? Maybe a couple of thousand dollars worth of clothes. You sew clothes, you reap clothes. And you don't just reap just what you sowed. When you sow a bean, do you reap a bean? No, you reap beans. Plural. Is that right? There's a multiplication that goes on. Is that right? Wonderful, wonderful. When you sow, it comes back to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Glory to God. So if you want to, you know, whatever area you need to reap in, start sowing in that area. I know an individual was telling me sometime back, he said, uh, he said, man, he said, a, a lady in my church came to mind when you were talking about that. He said, she, uh, she she's older on a fixed income, and she got to wanting to sow and didn't really have anything that much that she could sow. And the Lord dealt with her said, you've got all these publications, these magazines, newspapers that are just full of coupons, and you've got plenty of time. So she started clipping these coupons and putting them in file folders for the different families in the church. And so she's clipping them and saving them, and she's saving these families $5, $10, $15 on their groceries a week. And that adds up. See, you understand what I'm saying? If you want to sow, there's a way to sow. If you'll just open your heart and seek God, he'll show you, you will be able to sow. And man, it's exciting. It is exciting when you can begin to sow. I know a while back, uh, the Lord dealt with me. I saw a young minister just getting started. The Lord dealt with me. Buy him a new suit. That'd help his feelings. He's trying to get started. And so I, I, I called up a place I had got some stuff before. And I said, I, I said, I gave him my credit card number. I said, I'm going to send a young man over there. I want you to fix him up. Now, don't, don't, I don't want him to get a cheap something. I want him to get a nice shirt, nice suit, nice tie, suspenders or belt or whatever, socks. Give him the whole works. So I want a nice suit. I want him fitted out nice. 
And so uh, I called him. I told him to go over there, and they did. They fixed him up nice. And his wife came over to me later. She said, you don't know. She said, uh, we had a meeting here in just a few days, and he hadn't got anything hardly decent to wear. And we were going to go just put it up, charge it at 21% interest because we needed one so bad. And now here we got one. No charge. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I'll tell you one way you can say that. It's more enjoyable. It is. It's a blessing to get stuff. But you really, you get more kicks out of it giving it away. You will. What you, you need to, you know, I'm talking about the laws of increase now. And one of the things we've already talked about is you've got to put God first, which means you've got to overcome selfishness. But now I'm talking about the law of sowing and reaping. And I'm talking about being free and generous. And the thing that you've got to overcome is stinginess. You've got to overcome selfishness and you've got to overcome stinginess. It's an ugly thing. You've got to get free. Don't let yourself get attached to things. I don't have anything that I can't give away. Not a thing. Not a thing. I am not attached to my car. I'm not attached to jewelry. I'm not attached to clothes. I can give any of it away anytime. I've had certain things that meant a lot to me, and I gave it away. And I have purpose that I am not going to let myself become emotionally attached to anything. It's just stuff. Is that right? And you got to be careful about stuff having too much sentimental value. Too. It's just stuff. Now, I'm not saying you can't save some minnows and some things like that. I'm just saying be careful about that. And there's some people, man, you know, they'll give you this, but don't touch that. Now, that's mine. That's mine. You know, God will ask you for your Isaac. Did you get that? Isaac was the most precious thing to Abraham. I mean, ask me for my, I got money, I got gold, I got goats, I got sheep, I got camels, I got servants, you know, what do you want? Isaac? Oh, God. <laughs> Not Isaac. God will ask you for your Isaac on occasions. But just know this, God will never steal anything from you. If he ever asks you for anything, give it quickly. Because the bigger he asks for, the bigger he's planning on blessing you. Do you understand that? God never just takes something away from you and leaves it at that. Anything you give to him, you are sowing. You are investing. And it will come back to you many fold. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.